0: Okay, thanks Anna Delia for joining us. Uh, Today we're gonna dig into how you use historical data to plan out your future quarters. Uh, So can you elaborate a little bit on the historical data that you do look at when you're starting to plan uh, for the next quarter?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when planning um, future quarters, I look at conversion rates and velocity. So basically I start at what is our revenue goal for this future quarter? and then work backwards from there to look at what is our ACV? Uh, how many opportunities do we need in order to um, get to our pipeline number that will get us to that revenue goal? Um, how many meetings do we need in order to uh, to hit that uh, number of opportunities? And, and then uh, looking at inquiry to meeting conversion rate. And um, just to clarify what I mean by inquiry, this is, um, an activity taken by a prospect in a given time period. So uh, it could be a trial sign up, or a ebook download or a demo request or uh, an event lead. Um, so an inquiry could be an existing person or a net new person. But basically that's the metric that I use to look at activity at the very top of the funnel.
0: And are those broken down by size of deal then? As well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've worked at companies that, um, have only, uh, done enterprise sales. So then, um, that's pretty straightforward. Um, I've also worked at companies that have enterprise and mid market reps. Um, so then we would break that down to, um, between those two teams.
0: Got it. And talk to us a little bit about your marketing mix and what that looks like as you go into new quarters uh, and planning.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, uh, the marketing mix, uh, Velocity is the keyword here, right? So um, the way that I look at how I'm going to, like what are the different programs that I'm going to um, run in any given quarter, it really depends on how early on I'm planning. Um, So if I know that it takes from inquiry to opportunity, it's going to take 60 days, then I know that uh, first of all, I'd wanna be top heavy in the quarter uh, to to give me the best opportunity to have in quarter, uh, pipeline, um, but also knowing that, knowing that the velocity for that would bleed into the next quarter, then it, you know, that, that's, that's what gives me um, the information that I need to make sure that I have enough activity um, planned within those two quarters to, to hit the revenue goal. Um, and then based on that, I also look at uh, velocity by program, right? So there are some, some programs that would convert to opportunities faster than others. Um, so, uh, dip, again, depending on how much time I have to plan, I would, uh, look at either, uh, making sure that I have enough time for those to convert into opportunities or look at more bottom of the funnel, um, types of programs that would have a higher percentage of conversion rate to opportunities within quarter.
0: Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and are you often attributing, and I guess this depends on deal size, but are you often attributing, um, the quarter plan to a revenue number or is it? largely pipeline and then planning for revenue in in the following quarter
1: um yeah i mean it depends on the on the um the, uh, how, like how long our sales cycle is um and i've again worked at companies where uh we closed deals within 60 days from the opportunity being created up to like a six month sales cycle so it really depends on that um the majority of my career i've always optimized for a pipeline so um uh, yeah, so basically I'm looking at like my goal is uh, is pipeline, and then from that, I work closely with sales ops to make sure that that pipeline is enough to get us to the revenue goal that we need for the company.
0: Got it. okay, so let's take a step back then and let's actually break down a quarterly plan that you have. Um, and go through some of the, the tangible things that you've done. Uh, so maybe you mentioned, I think, just off the top there, that you, you start primarily looking at a pipeline number, understanding the coverage you need to influence revenue on the other side of it. Um, but ultimately, when you start to think about these quarterly plans, what is the main goal? Uh, is, the, is it the pipeline? Is that what you're driving for?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, um, As a demand gen uh, person, I've, uh, pipeline has been my, my goal for the past Several years, um, so, and so I start there. So we look at um, we look at like what is what is the pipeline goal that we need for any given quarter, um, and then how many meetings do we actually need in order to hit that goal? Um, I mean, I can tell you from past experiences about um, I've had I've worked at companies where one in every four meetings turns into an opportunity. Um, and then also looking at what percentage of all meetings booked in any given time period are uh, from inbound versus outbound um, and then like I said again working my way back to what does this mean for MQLs what does this mean for uh, inquiries and um, and looking at the timeline
0: got it and when you're thinking about uh, building out these Quarterly goals. Do you look at it from a company or a target um, list perspective? Are you going after only specific companies a quarter? Walk us through what that process looks like.
1: Yeah, I've um, I've worked at one company where we were specifically only targeting Fortune one thousand companies, so that sort of narrowed down the uh, list of accounts that we um, were targeting. But overall, um, I mean, having worked at several startups, um, I know that. Uh, database sizes are not always where you want it to be, and they, the goal is to grow those. So I, I have a split focus between nurturing what we already have in our existing database, but really um, targeting that new audiences to grow our base and to, um, introduce, you know, to include that sort of brand awareness component where you're introducing your company to someone who's never heard about you before. So. Um, I would say it would be 60-40 between um, introducing into introducing to new audiences and um, nurturing existing database.
0: Okay. And, and when you think about acquiring those, net, let's say net new names, just for, for conversation's sake, what channels are you primarily using to get those new contacts um, into your database so that you can start to nurture them?
1: Yeah, um, it really depends in, on the audience. Um, lately, what I've been focusing a lot more is webinars, uh, virtual events, um, when uh, it trade shows and conferences, um, workshops. Uh, social media is another good channel for us, um, really just driving with the content. So the content is really important. I think the content in a way kind of lets people' self select and self-qualify themselves into these programs so yeah we have the ability with certain vendors to say we want to want to do a webinar where we only want to target people with this job title Mm -hmm. Um, and some vendors will and some vendors will allow you to do that Um, but if you have something maybe on your website or you're optimizing seo then really content is the driver here so if you have the right keywords and if you're targeting if you're touching on the right pain points um, then the right people that are experiencing those pain points will come to you Um, so a a little bit of a mix. Um, The past four years I've been uh, marketing to developers um, and this is an audience that digital advertising doesn't really work that well for Um, and past companies have marketed to uh, sales leadership and learning and development leaders and uh, other channels like LinkedIn um, and um, banner ads worked really well for them so Again, it goes back to who your target audience is and where are they spending most of their time.
0: Mm. And are you typically assigning budget to these, the content or are you typically doing it organically uh, to drive and understanding developers are a big target market for you?
1: Yeah, so um, the, the budget, sometimes it's decided due to availability, right? Like there are certain, there are certain months in the year where we know there's, there are a lot of conferences and these conferences um, are like exactly the the type of event that we want to do because it has our right audience. Um, so you know obviously, in those months uh, we're more heavy towards uh, events um, but but it really depends on on the conversion rate from inquiry to to meetings. So we look at all of the inquiries from all the different programs that we ran and what per, and what percentage of them actually end up converting into meetings, and that helps. That helps me determine where we should shift our budget. Um, obviously, there's never going to be one a, a, a demand gen program where you're only leveraging one channel because, you know, that's not a marketing mix. Like you do a little bit of everything, um, but uh, but it, yeah, it really depends on uh, some of the seasonality and uh, some of the um, conversion rates.
0: Got it. And so. Talk to me about when sales gets involved in, in your process and how they start to weave into um, that nurture or that, uh, I guess, sales uh, track that that they may be developing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think no demand gen program can be successful without very close alignment to sales development teams. Um, whether you call them BDRs, SDRs, MDRs, um, the idea is that we... We both are working towards the same goal, um, and that is to generate pipeline, which in turn will convert into revenue. Um, and so I like to think of Dimension as like unofficially being part of the um, SDR team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know this includes things like uh, weekly meetings uh, where we review what's coming up in the next few weeks and make sure that they have all the resources they need to to successfully follow up with those leads. I don't believe that like MQ, once, once you've handed off an MQL to an SDR, that's where your job ends. Um, it, you really have to make sure that uh, they have the right follow-up messaging, that they have all the resources, um, you know, even if it's like creating lead views or reports, uh, outreach sequences, anything to make it easier for the team to follow up in a way that's consistent with what that person's experience has been through that program um, is going like, is really important. So I definitely recommend not stopping at MQL handoff.
0: Fair. And when you think about mirroring sales and, uh, marketing touch points are, is marketing, controlling the messaging, which sales is putting in front of the prospect, or are they running it in, in uh, parallel in terms of sales is sending emails or calling and social touches, um, with marketing, just providing air cover across other channels.
1: Um, so it depends. Um, like if, if, if this is, uh, to follow up with leads that come from inbound, uh, demand gen programs, then, um, what, what I, what I do is make sure that, um, I work closely with product marketing, uh, to make sure that we have the right messaging, right? Like whether this was a campaign targeted at a specific type of persona, we want to make sure that we have the right keywords in the follow up messaging that are relevant to that specific persona. Mm Um, And so we provide that uh, uh, as well as any other links and resources, whether that's uh, an ebook or a case study that can help kind of support that same messaging. Um, But we are not the experts in like email best practices. So we provide sort of some of the foundation for the messaging, but then the sales team, I mean, do what they do best, which is knowing exactly what, what sort of subject lines would resonate, what is the right call to action, how long the email should be, how long the, how many touch points. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a combined effort.
0: Got it. And earlier on, you had mentioned around how you look at conversion rates and time through funnel. Uh, walk us through what you're typically seeing from an inbound lead uh, or a Drift chat, however they come in, whether it's form or, or Drift or book a meeting or free trial. Walk us through some of those conversion rates that you're seeing as people move through um, the funnel.
1: Yeah, um, and this, again, it's, it's different for each company and it really depends on how you define each of those funnel stages, right? So um, I've worked at companies where our conversion rate from meeting to opportunity is 25% and where our close rate from opportunity to revenue was 50%. Um, But I've also worked at companies where a meeting is a stage one opportunity. So your close rate is probably closer to 20%, if not slightly lower. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really depends on that definition. And I I think the same deal applies for early stage uh, funnel metrics like MQLs, right? I've worked at companies where um, the definition of an MQL was really broad. Um, And so, you know, look at the, the conversion rate from an MQL to a meeting might be as low as 5%. And I've also worked at companies where the definition of an MQL is uh, strictly um, left to hand raisers and people that have interacted with a product, um, which makes for a higher quality MQL, um, which would have a higher percentage uh, conversion rate for um, into a meeting. So again, every company is slightly different and I've seen all kinds of ranges. I don't necessarily have an opinion which one is correct. As long as you're hitting your revenue goals, then what you were doing is working.
0: Fair. And I guess to that point, that that's a great kind of follow-on question for, for the last question. And why do you think marketers are so afraid to own a revenue number and, and kind of hide, whether it's behind a lead metric or um, a revenue influence. Why do you think that there's that disconnect or the fear in trying to attach to a, a revenue number? Uh,
1: I think it's 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 a combination of things, but like I said in the beginning, like your job doesn't end at MQLs. And I think that, I mean, I I don't want to speak for other marketers, but I've, I've definitely felt like uh, at times that, I don't really have control over what happens once you hand off a lead, but the reality is that as long as you're closely aligned with the SDR team and uh, you, you are providing the resources and, and support that they need uh, to turn those leads that you're handing off to them into meetings and opportunities, then um, then you you're we're working on the same goal. And I remember when. Um, you know, people started talking more about ABM and how like ABM is great for sales and marketing alignment because you're no longer talking about leads versus accounts. Now you're talking about, you're talking basically in the same language. I would say, um, you know, it, it's the same deal. Like we, when, when I meet with RSDR team, like I, I want to make sure that like my, my goal is their goal. So if their goal is meetings and opportunities, that's my goal too. And that really helps with alignment. And at the end of the day, like if you're, If you're you're doing your job right, the leads, NMQLs, and all those temple funnel metrics that we marketers typically care about should be turning into meetings, right? If they're not, then there's something wrong in the way we're targeting, the way that we're messaging that we need to adjust. But if we're doing our jobs right, then that should be turning into pipelines. So I don't see a reason why we should shy away from owning that metric.
0: I'm there with you. So thank you, Anadilia. I appreciate you um, showing us the data this afternoon. Uh, if people want to connect with you outside of the, the show, what's the best way to get in touch?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter at Anadilia Fadiv. Um, reach out. I'd love to connect and happy to chat more.
0: Awesome. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed another unfluffy episode of the show me the data podcast. If you want to become part of our community with other demand gen leaders and get exclusive access to Q and A's with the guests we have on the show, click the link in the description of the podcast.